Hey everyone, welcome to Admit One with G-Money. With me on the pod today is a special guest whom I've known since our days as traders on Wall Street. He is now known as a community advisor, builder, and monitor for Admit One and brands such as Adidas and Prada. He'll be joining me monthly for segments that help educate our members and listeners on how to protect, build, and profit in the Web3 space. Please welcome Seafood. Hey, Seafood, what's going on? Hey, man. Good morning. Good to see you. How are you? You know, it, it's funny because we've known each other for so long now um, that uh, it's it's just like I feel like this is a great conversation to have because I think we have – whenever we get on, the, on a call – like our conversations are really good. We talk about really cool and interesting things. But then also coming back from that perspective of like understanding capital markets, understanding public markets, understanding publicly traded companies and how things work. Right. And so I guess with that, I, I just like, you know, if you could give people a little bit um, a quick intro on like your background before entering the Web3 space and then kind of like. You know, I want to delve into a little bit how you ended up in the spot you're in because I know I I had probably some some things to do with that. So, yeah, yeah I, I completely blame you for uh, where I am right now, <laughs> wearing all this gear. I'm, I love uh, it. I'm decked, I love it. Yeah, I'm decked out in in, in the Adidas uh, solar suit, and I got the the cap and everything. It's funny, like we were. I was at a just a quick side story. I was at an event this uh, this weekend with my daughter, um, watching one of her classmates uh, do a skating competition at the Sky Rink here in New York, and they uh, they were they were doing a national broadcast, and I'm like literally right in the middle of it, and I'm wearing this hat, and I'm like. Yes, like we get more more national exposure. We're going mainstream. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, interestingly, like I came like you from trading, um, and uh, if you want to talk about like uh, like. I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about how you disappeared from the trading scene and how nobody really followed you in our in our group. So, you know, we're a pretty tight-knit um, trading group. Um, and I, I remember, like, when it comes to trading, trading's like a super, super uh, high-stress job, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And ultimately, everybody reaches their breaking point at some point. And it's, I, I think this is an interesting story because I remember I sat directly across from you, right? Mm-hmm. We just had these huge 27-inch screens, like, in between us, right? <laughs> but I remember, like, you know, as, as the years were going on and, like, you know, we're all making money and the profession's really really nice that way you make money you have time to yourself you kind of choose your schedule but it can still really wear down on you and i remember like there are just like some mornings you'd come in and you'd just be like fuck i hate i hate this job right (laughs) and you sort of muttered under your breath and then i'd slowly like you moved to puerto rico and you slowly just started fading out of the picture and just talking a little bit more about nfts and, and and this 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 side gig that you were uh involved in and we were all kind of like okay well what happened to g right and, you know, some people like followed up with you. I remember following up with you because I was a little bit more tech oriented than uh, some of the other people in our group. And then finally, I was just like, look, I got to get involved because this just seems super interesting. I understood the blockchain as a really cool tool. It felt very much like the future of stuff, but it's like in investing, everything's about timing, right? When you get involved. So, yeah, I remember calling you up and you telling me and you gave this very similar advice or at least spoke about this uh, with Sergito and Sophie about how, hey, look, just go get involved in the space. There's plenty to do. Just go see what you can do. Join a discord. Right. So I was already on the discord format and I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll go join the discord and see what happens. And, you know, I get involved and immediately get plunged into like community management, like moderation and shit. So wait, I. 
I want to pause right there for a second yeah, because sure. you, you said you said a couple of things already. Because one is like it's so funny because people like to your point of like the trading right where it's like dude we were we were successful traders right we were profitable and like I think anybody that's profitable or any certain period of time and is able to make a career out of it is like in that top echelon of like you have that discipline right because everybody thinks it's easy right like that's the one thing I know like whenever I talk to young kids like I want to be a trader I want to do this I want to do that I'm like no you don't I'm like trust me like it is not it's it's like like those days of like Gordon Gecko, Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street, like of like glorification of all these things where it's like, yeah, like you're a trader and you're just printing money. It's like, dude, like 98% of the time trading is sitting on your hands and just digesting information, right? Like the hardest part about trading is just not doing anything. You know what I mean? And, like, and, and so like the group of people, so like to your point of like, we had that tight knit group where I think you know, it, it would ebb and flow, right? Where we we would have some young guys on the desk that maybe would start off well, but then ultimately don't, you know, have the discipline to, to stay involved. Where we had like probably seven, I think, like really like vets that we all had our like our style. We would share information and be like, all right, we're, you know, what are we looking at for like Microsoft's numbers? It, interestingly enough, um, I, I still obviously follow, follow financial press. And um, I, saw, I saw Microsoft went, Last week they had earnings and they were up a couple percentage points and they went negative. And pers- like that was that's like what that's my trade. Like that is like <laughs> I love shorting stuff that is up that goes red and like that was like my money maker. That is like I love that, especially on calls. And so like I hit up a couple of my friends that were trading. I'm like this looked really easy. Like this looked like a really easy trade, but we know from experience that nothing is ever easy, right? Like the things that look like, oh my God, you could have shorted this and you could have made like 10 points in like three minutes. It's like, yeah, but like the spread was also like probably really wide where if you were wrong, you could have lost five to 10 points. And like, it always looks easy in retrospect. So like I hit up my friends that were probably on that call and they were like, yeah, like it wasn't that easy. And I'm like, yeah, like Microsoft guidance is never easy. Like you kind of have to like back into what the numbers are. But like, I remember like for the first time in a couple of years, I'm like, oh man, that trade looked, that trade looked juicy, but like, it never looks like that. Right. So it's like this whole, like, I think the way people romanticize trading in the space would be like, oh yeah, like go, you know, 10x long or whatever. I'm like, bro, like one, you don't need that in crypto, right? Like you could be, you could be long with no leverage. And like for all the stuff that I'm personally doing, and I'm sure you can attest to this, is like, it's not nearly as stressful as trading with a shit ton of leverage every single day. Like, I mean, you were on the, I, I mean, I share this, this story a lot with like my Twitter trade where like we were all short Twitter that day. Right. And <sighs> like, that was like, that wasn't probably my worst blow up uh, in terms of like per- dollars lost, but that one hurt a shit ton because it was such a good trade. And like, we were taken out of it because of like, you know, things beyond our control, like in a split second. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think 
I think there's there's so many parallels between what's happening, uh, what happens in trading. It's, it's just so interesting that that life is behind me because I never thought it would be, but I always wanted it to be. Right? Yeah. Um, but and, and it's just odd, right? Because if you're making good money at it, it is really one of the best jobs in the world, right? Because you, you set your own schedule, you kind of do what you want to, and uh, it's not that hard to work if you keep up with it, but you have to keep up with it. Um, and you have to have this very specific skill set, which is to handle the pressure of of like, what do you do when you're wrong? That's basically it. Like everyone I know who was a good trader who didn't make it, uh, it wasn't a lack of skill. It was just they didn't have the nerve to deal with being wrong or how to right. handle the, the pressure of being wrong, right? Um, but yeah, like I, I think we could go to that question a little bit. Like, do you miss any of, of, of the trading aspect or being in that world at all? Because I, I want to talk a little bit about your life now. Like 2022, things have changed dynamically, right, for both of us. 2022, even as like I was getting involved with Admit One with you, which was really our first conversation about this was in October of 2021, I believe. When, mm -hmm. um, but like your life has gotten really complicated, right? You, like, let's talk about the difference between the beginning January, 2022 and January, 2023 and how complicated your life really is. Are you having, like, how do you feel about that? I, I, it's the, there's pressure and it's different, right? So it's like, for instance, like trading wise, right? To your point is like, it is one of the best jobs out there, right? You can come in, you know, for all intents and purposes, like, you know, we would wake up, you know, get into the office. If it was earnings season, we would start reading like at 4 a.m., right? Read for the first five and a half hours of every day, Put start putting on trades as liquidity was coming in. 9.30, a ton of liquidity comes on. You have a lot of trades on. Uh, and then by like 11, you're starting to like take trades off. And then at that point, you're just kind of waiting for news, right? I think we've all noticed progressively over time, it's gotten significantly harder, obviously, with the introduction, you know, as things become more algorithmic, machine learning, people able to digest things faster. So like these discrepancies that used to exist for 20 years ago, maybe it would be a day, you know, a one day discrepancy where stocks would re-rate over the next few days, started becoming hours, started becoming minutes and started becoming almost seconds, right? So it's like, if you're not there and ready for that print when it comes out with, you know, the right, the right information, right? Because part of it is like the information as it comes out, but not only do you need to know the number that comes out, you need to know what expectations were. And that is equally, if not more important than the actual number itself. Right. And so yeah. I don't, I don't miss that of having to be like <laughs> super ready. And if you're wrong, Right. And because of the way the markets have been tre trending over the last decade, if you're wrong, you, you have, you know, like, I, I don't know if if you know your exact numbers, but like me, like when I traded, I would be right like about 55 percent of the time. Right. But I would be really, really profitable. And we all would on the desk because we're always taking those like three to one risk rewards are better. Right. So it's like on my months when I was break even, I was only right like. 25 to 30 percent of the time which means that like when you're right 55 percent of the time which is a little more than half which means most of the time you're wrong right and to your point that you said is like the the, the difference between traders that make it and traders that don't is people that can handle taking a loss right like i'm very much and you can attest to this i <laughs> i i very much plow into shit when i'm right and when I'm wrong, I'm just sitting there and I'm waiting or getting out and reevaluating and maybe getting back in. But I generally never would add to losers. Like my, my worst days are when I would add to losers. My best days are when I would add to winners. 
but like understanding that concept of that discipline that it takes to be successful because like you're not it's not like the best traders in the world are right 90% of the time I'm sure there are but they're also probably taking like the exact opposite risk reward than we are right but like micro, think, micro trading yeah yeah and like they're doing like the you know HFTs or whatever have you and obviously as human traders you can't really do that but like the stress that gets involved like this the difference between my stress now and my stress a few years ago is just very different right in terms of like okay cool like as somebody that did really well uh, trading as a living, like we also see like, you know, the wealthiest people on planet earth are generally long only with like little to no level, you know? Right, and, right. And, we would, and we would have, we would have these conversations on the desk where, you know, we're sitting there, you know, getting really, taking on really levered positions because we have the discipline to get in and out of things, but also like, I, and maybe this this is probably more of a testament of when I started trading, where you got paid if you were short and you were right. Like you got paid right away, right? Where stocks would go down, like Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, all these stocks would be going down points at a time in minutes. And you're like, yeah, like why would I want to be long when I can be short and I can, you know, make a shit ton of money in like five minutes or less? But the majority of the time, most of the time, like 98% of the time, like stocks go up, right? And so it's like the stress is really different uh, in terms of that, where it's one is I'm not levered, right? Like I, I have intrinsic leverage in the sense that like, you know, my, my bet when I got into the space was NFTs are call options on Ethereum, which is a, you know, a call option in and of itself. The great thing is that they don't have expiration, right? And like as, as yourself and myself, as we used to trade weeklies, where the second you put it on, like you start getting that time decay right away, where if you're even off by like 12 hours, you know, your, your thesis could be right. But if you, if you put the trade on 12 hours too early, like that's the difference between like breaking even and, you know, losing money or, or making a ton. Right. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's very, it's very different stress. Um, I will say like you, the, the difference, the, the interesting thing is, is like in trading, like if I wasn't making money, it was just me. Like I knew what like my, my monthly nut is of what I need to survive where I'm just like, okay, I need to make X to survive this month. I know I can like cover my bare minimum and you know, or if I want to take time off cause like I'm not seeing the market, right. I can just take time off and be like, yo, like I'll be back in a week or two weeks or whatever. For me, like usually it was always like two weeks uh, where like by the end of two weeks, I would be like, I'd be like, itching like i'd either be like it's funny because it's like um <laughs> like how much of like trading is gambling right like you're taking a calculated bet but by the end of those two weeks like if i was on vacation i would start looking at like all right what are like some sports lines like like and i'm like oh okay like i'm ready to go back right because it's like i'm ready to to exploit my edge whereas now like i'm like never i i like I used to, I like, I don't, I just never gambled uh, once I started trading. But I, I knew that like during those time periods when I would take time off, when I like started looking at like ways to make money, I'm like, okay, like it's time for me to go back. So it's like, for me, like the stress is very different because I'm running an organization now. I have people that it's not where it's like, all right, guys, like we're shutting down operations this month. And like when market conditions improve, we'll be back. Right. Right. Um, I'm taking two weeks off. Yeah, it's very, very different because it's like you have to invest now, right? Because you can't be like, hey, guess what? We're uh, we're not going to do operations until conditions improve. 
because then people, you know, people obviously need that that sort of security in terms of like, what are we building for here? What is the long term goal? But still, at the same time, is like you have to be cognizant of macro, right? And and all yeah. that. So it's like it's very different because I think, and I and I'd love to hear your take on it too because there's been like there was two things that I think as traders, and I know we would talk about this a lot, where and you brought it up earlier, where it's like our threshold for finding something else is really high because it's very, very profitable. Your ROI in terms of time invested, once you've been doing it for a while, is like super, super high. So you then need, like if you want to pivot, like you're going to need, you have like a threshold that you need to meet. And most industries don't have that threshold where it's like, yeah, you can pivot into this and you can start making, I won't say equal amounts, but like almost equal amounts relatively quickly, right? Um, and yes. we would always talk about that in terms of like, totally. hey, like what, like what is worth investing into, right? I, I think that's it. It's like you, you build up a very specific expertise when you trade, right? It's kind of like playing cards. You get your edge. But it, how translatable is that into a different industry? It's very hard to make a lateral shift, like yeah. is, is what you're saying. Um, so I think like interestingly, like I'm, I'm older than you, so I started trading before you. And I, I remember like when I started trading – the world was so small that like I could see news headlines and I could know definitively that I was the very first person on planet Earth to react to that headline and sweep the book, right? Mm -hmm. So we would practice speed and it would just be who the fastest person was, would read the headline mm -hmm. and make the money, right? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like where we are in the NFT space right now, right? Like maybe last year where it was kind of like speed to market. You could kind of see the whole picture. You could put yourself out. You talked about that the other day. I think it was with uh, Sobi about how uh, in, in, in a certain DeFi protocol, you were like the high lend, you know, the high uh, borrower, right? For a moment, right, yeah. you'd, you'd set the yeah, all-time yeah. record for most money borrowed against an asset yeah. in CryptoKitties or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like you can do that early on in the space. You can be that marker, which is really an important moment in history right now. But I think like when uh, like a question I think you and I get a lot now is people get more and more interested in the space. It's like, hey, how can I get involved or, or what can I do or, or how do I look at the rope and, and, and jump into it and start skipping rope with everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And that it, it's a challenging question because I really feel like the complexity and speed of the market uh, in, in Web3 has is, is so fast that what was true a year ago is definitely not true now, right? Like you can't really hop into the space and be at the same place you were a year ago. There are some built distinct disadvantages, right? So we talk about this even with companies that we advise. I know you advise a bunch of companies as well in the space. And it's like, hey, they're they're like worried about like, oh, I, I don't know about getting into Web3. I know I want to. I know we want to as a company, but we're scared of all these things that could happen and all this uncertainty and like, hey, you know, we're not going to make it because people are going to criticize us. And it's like, hey, there's a built-in advantage to starting now because you're forgiven for the mistakes you make. But it's slowly getting to a place where that's no longer true. Like, I, I imagine by the end of this year, if you bring an NFT project to market, you're being held to a much higher standard than you were in, say, the beginning of 2022. Um, mm -hmm. Just because so much has come before you already that you have stuff to measure yourself against. Whereas, yeah. like, say, for example, Adidas, we're both involved in that project, right? Adidas came to market. They received a ton of criticism because, of course, it's hard to get everything right at that point, right, in time, in 2021. It's new. Uh, it, it's literally one of the very first big companies to come to market that you guys helped to bring. Um, and 
man, like you can make mistakes and people will forgive you for them and you can sort that out. But if you come to market this year, you better have a better plan, right? Yeah. And I think that's the same thing. It's like inherently people come into the space and they see all the opportunity and they're like, wow, you know, someone bought this for one and they made 100x on their money and they just think that's a replica model. But it really isn't. Ultimately, it's hard work, right? And that's kind of what I was getting at. Like the difference between where you are in 2022 and 2023 and uh, the workload that you're putting in, I imagine that it's way heavier. And the reason I can uh, I imagine that is because I see you and calendars all over the web now. It's like, okay, you and I have a podcast today. I know you had one last week. I see you all over the calendar at InPeak. I know you're going to be at NFT uh, Paris. Like, you are just being pulled in all these different directions. Like, how, do, how does that feel f- for you? Like, are you, is it exciting and invigorating? Do you feel yourself, like, maybe hitting a wall uh, <laughs> at so some it, point this year? It's, it's funny because, like, to, your, to, to the point of, like, two years ago, like, for all intents and purposes, like I was like semi-retired, right? Like I was like, you know, we like I said, we'd work from like four from four a.m. during earnings season, like six, you know, seven a.m. Uh, during non-earnings season, work till like eleven, kind of be like in front of a computer, but like I, like we said, is like you sit on your hands ninety-eight percent of the time. News headlines come out, you need to know. Like to your point, is like ten, twenty years ago you knew that you were definitively reacting first to like a news headline today. Like now it's like the algos react to that. And now you're reacting to the algos reaction. So you have to decide, is this, is this initial spike move in whatever direction? Is it one, the right move? Will it move more or will it retrace? Right. And so these are decisions you need to be making on the go with incomplete information and all these things. So my life now is very different in the sense that like I used to like, and and to, to the point is like, I knew my edge during the, during the day was way lower. So I wouldn't really trade in the middle of the day. I was like the guy that was like at 11 noon, like I'm done. I'm like, I'll be back tomorrow morning. Just keep my eye out on like, on like the headlines or whatever. And now like I'm working like, you know, 15 plus hours a day. Like, like I'm working way harder than I was before. But like, it is very fulfilling and it's very different, right? Like, I will say this, like, people didn't really care or invite me to places when I was like, G Money, the, 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 the stock trader, right? Like, I, like the, the places and the access that I've had, that, that I've gotten into and the people that I've met and the conversations that I've had, is just very different. And like that in and of itself, to me is, is interesting. Sometimes, of course, like I get tired, I, I'm a human, but I will say it's like, I, I now take the weekends more as like to have like that reset of like, okay, like Friday nights. I'm usually now I'm passing out Friday nights at like 9, 10 p.m. because I'm just like tired from the week. I want to get like a good 12 hours of sleep one night and then just try to like, you know, go for a walk on the beach. I, I try to take morning walks on the beach to kind of clear my mind. Uh, but it's a very different life, right? But like, I enjoy it, right? Like I wouldn't, if I didn't want to to be going on podcasts or if I didn't want to be going to these conferences, then I would just be saying no. And so it's like, it, 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 there's something else that's driving me in terms of like, okay, like, you know, for, I could just like disappear, right? Like I, you know, I have like great bags. Like I don't need to put on another trade. I think like next cycle, the things that I own are probably going to be doing well. Like it, I was having this conversation this weekend, uh, literally yesterday with somebody where they're like, oh, like, why don't you diversify? I'm like, I mean, I have like some really, really good stuff. Like if it 10 X is from here, I'll be a very happy human being. I don't need to sell something that probably 
five to ten X's or doesn't go to zero, right? Or I don't need to find the next one hundred or a thousand X, right? Like I don't need to do that. I can I can I'll be very happy if I get a five just a five or a ten X, right? And so now like what's driving me is like, all right, I've seen a lot of people try to come into the space not, you know, they need advice. They need people that are authentic in the space. And I've been building towards this moment since I started the G money brand at like as a Twitter brand, because I like, I, I had this vision of like, ultimately when these brands come into the space, they're going to need credible and authentic partners in the space that will guide them. Right. And I think we're going to go through that, that time period where people, these brands are going to one, try to do it on their own. They think they know better. And I think we've, we've started seeing that where a lot of brands are like, no, no, we like, we are a multi-billion dollar brand. We know what we're doing. We're going to enter the space and it falls on deaf ears and they need to reevaluate. And all of a sudden they're in crisis control when they should have never even put themselves in that situation because they didn't listen to the advice of people in the space. And so I'm not necessarily just driven by, by money alone, right? Like money is important, right? It allows for uh, endeavors to, to, to happen because without that, then you can't fund like the cool shit, but it's not like the only thing, right? And like, listen, as somebody that traded like full time for a long period of time is like, I can tell you firsthand that just making money in and of itself isn't fulfilling, right? Like it, like, there, like I, it, and, and you can speak to that where it's like, we would sit there and it'd be like, you know, we generally had a printing press of varying degrees where we all came in, we would generally be profitable every month, but like, there's a reason that you and I have both pivoted to this space. So I guess I would turn around that question to you and ask you the same is like, you know, what, what, how do you feel like, how has your life changed in the last two years? And what are your thoughts on that? That's a great, great question. So, yeah, I agree. Like, look, ultimately, some people are just, I think, built to to do more, right? To to be more entrepreneurial. And uh, you made a really interesting comment about like the threshold for getting out of trading is so high. It's almost like I don't know. It feels like a, a trap, almost, right? Because if you're good enough to do it well, then you're almost stuck in it, right? Um, and and you can't free yourself from the shackles of, of that imprisonment of the money is easy and the job's kind of cushy um, and whatnot. Um, and, and you also, there's almost like a, a responsibility in your mind that, well, uh, you know, not a lot of people can do this job. I can do it. Like, I should be thankful that I'm here in this position, right? But ultimately, I've always been interested in building stuff, solving problems, doing things, right? Um, I think you kind of got that sense from, like, our exposure together at working. Like, I was the guy who was literally trying to solve any problem that came up you know we can't communicate the mics no and that's literally how i got into discord i was trying to solve a problem because here we are i'd come in in the morning uh it's really interesting like so our, our trading focus was really about the the way that you built the model was our edge was we just knew more than everybody else right just like absolute digestion of a ton of research right so we come into a situation just having a knowledge edge which you know not speed knowledge so uh, but that was predicated on me walking in like at four in the morning and just hearing blasting like the, the conference call for, you know, some CFO just on absolutely the highest volume possible. And just like, oh, my God. Right. Like, I haven't had my coffee yet. What the fuck? And sometimes you'd have like three calls going on at once, one in one ear, one on the speaker, one on the, the phone. And you're right. like, Jesus Christ. And reading stuff. Right. It's like almost an information overload. 
I'm ADHD. I love that shit. But even for me, it was like out of control, right? So, okay, how can we set up a system where everybody can get on the call that they want to? We'll broadcast all the calls at once and we'll get the tech. And that was like Discord was a solution for that, right? So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that inherently like when you see an industry and I, you made this comment to me, it's like, look, how many times am I going to be at a point in my life where I'm ready for a new industry where you can go in and really make a mark, right? Like, am I going to have another opportunity? Am I going to see that again in my life where I'm really ready for it? Like, this is the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, you almost get to a point where, like, it's almost like destiny, right? Like, you built this brand of yourself, right? This G-Money brand. And uh, and you almost have an obligation to provide that advisory layer to people. What you didn't have an obligation to do, though, was to start a luxury fashion brand. So I'm really <laughs> interested in, like, that because that has incrementally, like, uh, your life. I know that. For me, so just going back to, to, to my story about why I got involved in the space, like, yeah, I, I really viewed blockchain from the application there. Like, I, I, got the, I got it. It was like, hey, everything will be an NFT at some point. I didn't think it was going to be an art NFT, but I got it that everything would be an NFT. People would want to keep track of stuff. It's a smarter way to keep track of things, right? Um, and I, I love, like, just organizing stuff. So, yeah. But you, like, your advice to me to get involved and, like, me, it's almost my destiny that I ended up where I am. I, if I'm being honest, I don't really love working in this space. It's not a, it, I almost feel like this path has been chosen for me. I'm just going to see it out. But we had this conversation. Being a mod is a horrible job. All right, being a community manager is a horrible job. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is I'm really good at it. Right. Um, so, like, that's where that's where you know I was able to sort of flex a little bit of, of muscle when I first came into the space. But I have thankfully extracted myself from it, and now we're as a company building product more than uh, than that. But yeah, I, it it is. I think you get invigorated by the work. But I think one of the things that people should understand coming into the space is that. Equations don't change. A certain percent of people are always going to make it in any industry, and those people tend to have the same sort of characteristics. Like if you're going to come to the space and you're going to be a really hard worker, you're really going to dig into it, right, and get interested, do, do the exploration, um, then, yeah, there's a place for you. Absolutely. But if you want to come in and just like, uh, I want to be the guy who finds the next BAYC, yeah, guess what? Get in line. Everybody wants that job, right? Uh, the, the, well, the, it's, it's funny. And not to cut you off there, because I remember, I supposed to remember when, like, you, like, called me and we had, like, our first convo about, like, you know, into the space. I remember, like, I was telling people, and I, I remember we had, because we had this, this group chat, initially was on Skype, then it was on Discord, and I was, like, spending less and less time in it, and I was, like... I'm going into NFTs. Like I am like buying NFTs and people for like the, a while were like, yeah, like whatever. And then at some point, like people were like, wait, like this NFT stuff is starting to take off. And then you hopped on a call with me. And this was around the time, like pretty much everybody in my life was like, what NFT should I buy? What should I do? And I'd be like, yo, listen, man, like if you can't take like the three to six hours to figure this out on your own, like just figure out how it works on your own and then ask me questions. Cause like, I don't want to be, handling the onboarding a question is like what's metamask how do i buy something on OpenSea? and like this and that it's like dude that is like shit you can google but if you get past that point and you still want to be involved then i will help you right and that was kind of like my advice he was like listen get involved however you can and if you're still here in three months i will i will help you as much as i possibly can but like you telling me like what nft should i buy that are gonna move i'm like dude i don't fucking know Right, like your guess yeah. is as good as mine, you know. Uh, but yeah, but you were like one of the few people that was 
like, okay, cool. You took that advice and you're like, all right, I'm just going to own this niche. And to your point is like, it was a niche that isn't a fun, a fun niche to be involved in, but like you owned it. Right. And that's like, you carved out your, your place in the space and you've been able to build from there. Yeah. And, and yeah, getting back to blaming you for where I am, like <laughs> the, the, the interesting part was, so like when I, I got into the space, I, I, you call me, I was a couple months after our initial call and you're like, yo, I heard you're, you know, you're running community management for OG crystals and that's going really well. And you started talking about wanting to launch your own project, uh, sort of hint at what was happening with Adidas, but not by name at the time. And you're like, I, you know, if I start a community, you know, I want you, I want you to, to, to run it. And I was like, okay, shit, I better get my shit together even more. Cause like running a community, like I, I get the beginning. So that's how I was like, all right, I, I got to build more knowledge. And then from there, just dug into everything I could to figure out that part of the space. But like I said to you, I, it's not what I wanted to do. But So thank you. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that, you know, I put my head down and, and started working so hard that I went from logging into our trading platform like uh, and for an hour to a day, right? To mm-hmm. just slowly not logging in to all of a sudden like, and I, I called you on this, like uh, at some point mid last year, like the compliance guy from our trading firm just called me up and fired me. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> like you're firing me? Like you don't really have the authority to fire me. And, I, and we all knew that it was somebody else in the firm. And you don't really get fired from our job because it's our own money, right? But right. it was yeah. like, it was just like, you can't, you're, you're no longer allowed in the office and you can't trade on the platform anymore. And I'm like, it was really, really funny conversation. So the guy goes, the guy goes to me, I'm like, he's like, hey, uh, I just wanted to call and let you know that uh, we're letting you go. And I'm like, letting me go? It's my money. And he's like, well, you just, you know, you, you, you know, we're gonna just you for you, you're out, right? Or you five you? I don't even know what the what the right, term right, is. Right, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, I'm like, why? It's like, and he goes, yeah. Ever since you and G Money got into that whatever that NFT stuff is, you guys just don't really trade anymore. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because like I ended up just uh, disassociating. I think it was maybe like two or three months before you, or two or three months after yeah. you. But I disassociated because I'm like, I just don't want to go through like the compliance, like, uh, of like, you know, writing down like all my investments. And all. So I'm like, I hadn't even logged into the platform at that point in like eight months. And I was like, what's the point? You know what I mean? It's like, I know if I, if I need to come back, I can come back. It'll always be there. And to your point that you said earlier is like, I felt like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity where I happen to be somehow by the grace of God in the right place at the right time where I don't know if I'll ever be in a spot like this ever again, but I owe it to myself to try it, to give myself the shot because at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, I could always be like, you know, all right, trade, I can, the, the stock market will always be there, right? I understand, you know, even though like the ebbs and flows and the micro dynamics of trading will always be trading, will always be changing over time, but I understand what moves stocks. Right. And so I, I can come back and relearn that if needed. And so it, but it's funny, like how over time, like because of that, and, I, and I'll use this, this story where I remember like years ago, I had a period, I don't know if you were, if you guys were trading with us just yet. I think you might've been, but like, I just wasn't making money. Right. And like, there was like a 12, 12 month period where, you know, I'd make money one month, I'd lose money in the next month. I just was like kind of spinning my wheels. And I was at a point where I was like, I like, I don't like, like, I might have to find something else, somebody to pay me. And then to your point is like, 
like we have a very like great skill set of figuring out how to extract money out of the stock market on a daily basis. But if you were to be like, okay, like now, like go work at like a hedge fund or an investment bank or whatever, like they would be like, I would like, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody to pay me more than a hundred thousand dollars a year because I just don't have like the skill sets that they require. And I was like, dude, like if I don't trade, like I, I have to make this work. Because I have like no no other skill sets outside. Like I can't make a financial model. I can read a financial model model very quickly and be like, okay, how do I think this racks up to expectations and how do I think this affects the stock price today? But I won't be the person sitting there building that model, right? And so it's like having those skill sets and being like, okay, like I don't know how this translates to other industries, but I know that I'm very knowledgeable of a lot of industries, which I think ultimately helped me with nfts because when i when i came into the space i like because we're we were generalists and to your point is like we have to understand we have our our edge was information so like one of like my favorite cocktail uh party tricks was like whenever i'd meet somebody at like a party or a wedding or whatever they would be like oh i'm in this industry and i would know just enough for them to be impressed it's like wait you know my company? I'm like, yeah, not only do I know your company, I know your three biggest competitors, and I know like what your earnings were last quarter and like why the stock price was down. And they were like, oh my God, like nobody ever knows the company I work for. But like because of the knowledge, like the way, the way I always said it was, we were 10 feet deep on 10,000 names instead of being 10,000 feet deep on 10 names, right? So most Wall Street analysts are very, very deep on a small number of names and we were just very broad and we understood a, a little bit about a lot of industries, which I think to me has been a competitive advantage in the NFT space of understanding is like, how can you integrate this into your business model, right? Be, and understanding that everybody's gonna be slightly different and not what works for uh, a media company won't necessarily work for uh, you know, a tech company, right? Uh, and like, I think that's helped a lot. Dude, that, I mean, a hundred percent true. Because, like, if I think about, uh, I had that same sort of like, uh, I guess, existential crisis at one point in, in my trading career, where it's just like, okay, if I don't make this work, like, what am I going to do next? I can't really go into any traditional tech company, and because I'm starting over from scratch, like, I'm not a twenty-year-old like coming out of college, where it's like, yep. hey, yeah, you know, we'll give you green field to go do whatever you want and learn. And, like, I have trust in my own uh, acumen and intelligence, but at the end of the day, it didn't feel like what we were doing really applied outside of what we, uh, of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we were so research intensive and the fact that we were keeping track of what the important metrics were for so many different countries, uh, com companies and industries, like, you say, like, 10 feet in and 10,000 companies, but the truth is, in some of these places, we were 10,000 feet in, right? Like, you, we would know specifically, like... Okay. If the CFO was having a bad day, if they and we would just be like, oh, shit, he's about to say something really bad. Right. Like right. we could just tell from tone of voice. They couldn't hide it. Like they were like obviously under the gun from the CEO. Something shitty had happened to the company and we knew it. Right. We could just tell from the first, good morning. I'm and just like, oh, shit, let's short the stock. This guy's about to say something bad. Right. <laughs> but we also watched like cycles of, of companies succeed and then fail. Right. Like you would see these great examples of companies just climb the mountaintop and then completely blow up or completely blow up and reinvent themselves and we had a front row seat to what was working and what the strategy was like for those companies like why they were how they pivoted in retail so often right you would see it like 
the CEO of Target making a huge pivot because like this wasn't working. And they're they're organi- they're they're managing these just enormous organizations, and we got a front row seat to the strategy, and we got to see it play out and if it works. So I think that that for sure allows to have so much insight when you come into an industry where so many people are trying to delve into something new. And mm-hmm. we have an understanding of what it looks like to implement something new at a company like this because we've had a front row seat to it. So, yeah, I, I do think that we did miraculously find some place where <laughs> our knowledge set actually did apply right. um, to somewhere else. So that's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about, like, 2023 and what, you, what do you think is going to happen this year. The reason why I ask is because early on, I remember there was a lot of sort of, like, the OG space which was kind of annoying to me because I'm not an OG in the NFT space. I missed that by like six months, right? But like everybody's parading around in their punks and that gives them the street cred. And they're all talking about how like, you know, the evil empire is coming. These big tech companies are coming for our space and we've got to build it before they come in and build it, right? So I feel like 2023 is going to be a really big year for bigger companies coming into the space, tech companies, right? And so that evil empire is coming. And I think that maybe some people have been thrown off by the fact that Facebook face-planted so hard coming into the space that it's kind of like, okay, we won. But I don't view it that way. Like, some big companies are coming in, and I feel like a big keyword for 2023 is going to be Web 2.5, you know, that intersection between Web 2 and Web 3, where Web 3 has to come in and shake hands with Web 2 a little bit, right? Right. To make the onboarding process easier. Has has your mind shift, uh, like, changed at all about, like... Uh, embracing these big corporations um, and and the tech layers versus like having to be the one that creates it so that they aren't the ones who like fuck it up basically. So I I think my my thesis has been pretty steadfast the entire time. Right is like since really really early on since like you know I never really tweeted about this but since like since like March of 2021 my thesis was that every company in the world will be coming into the space over the next five to 10 years. That to me is, I still firmly believe that. Uh, I think cycles, right? Macroeconomic cycles, investment cycles will deter some companies, maybe lengthen that uh, adoption and some will really lean into it. And I think from what I've seen, it's uh, on a very internal basis, depending on the makeup of their internal team, how committed people are to that internally and what the buy-in is from the top. I think that um, the fact that Facebook um, is now in the process of a a ton of massive layoffs uh, along with every tech company out there doesn't necessarily mean that the fight is over, right? Um, I think it's interesting. I was listening to the All In podcast literally just uh, yesterday and this morning, and they were kind of like saying that Web3 AI, uh, not not AI, Web3 VR and AR is kind of like dead for now or, or dead. Uh, was a hype cycle that didn't plan out. And I was like, I think, personally, I think it's way too early to say that. Uh, right now, obviously, everybody's talking about AI and, like, the amazing possibilities are capable with AI, which is a whole nother conversation that we can have. But I do think that, ultimately, they will still be coming into the space. I think that they will still be, they, they will need to be guided because they feel like they know better when, in reality, this is a very unique market where uh, you have to kind of listen to the market more. You can't, tell, you can't tell people what they want. You have to listen to their feedback of what they want, right? And that is very uh, different than I think what we've seen over the last like you know 20 years, oh, ba- basically since the rise of consumerism, right? Like 70 years ago, you had 
these people on Madison Avenue telling us this is what you want and this is why you want it. And then I think over time it's been going more towards like, no, let's listen to the consumer. And I think Web3 is the ultimate uh, culmination of that. I still think that um, it is important for me, and this is where like I think my mission is, is like when they come into the space, I want them to succeed on as decentralized as, of rails as I possibly can, right? And I understand that some of it will require like web two and a half where guess what? Like not everything needs to be 100% decentralized, right? And I think we're starting to see that with some NFT projects uh, and decisions that projects are making. It's like, well, if this increase, and, and every project, whether it's a legacy company or a web three company needs to make that decision on their own is like, okay, do we want to lean into full uh, decentralization or do we want to lead into mass adoption, right? And there's that, that curve, right? That, that spectrum of like, you can go super decentralized and probably make it a little bit harder for adoption at its current state, or you, you know, or you can go towards, you know, the, as close to the model as we are today, where you know Google login, uh, Apple ID login, whatever, one click login, and you know that's basically what we have today on their servers. So I think that my thesis has generally stayed the same. I think we're going to be seeing, you know, and I know this from the conversations that I'm having, you have varying degrees of buy-in from different companies where some companies are like, oh, it was a fad, we don't need to worry about it. Some are, this is the time to really lean in and reinvest in it so that uh, the next cycle when infrastructure is more bills out, we can really uh, harness the technology to our advantage and everything in between, right? So my goal is really to kind of help companies or help people that are coming into the space understand, you know, what those trade-offs are, what I think are best practices. And then like a lot of it is like, I can just tell you is like, I've turned down a lot of opportunities uh, with brands, companies, people entering into the space. Cause I'm just like, no, like that isn't going to work. And like, you know, not being able to talk about it when I was like, yeah, like I literally have had contracts on the table that I didn't sign because I was like, your drop mechanics are not going to work. Like you're bringing me on as like an expert partner and you're not listening to my expert opinion. And I think I, that's what I'm seeing a lot of is like a lot of these legacy companies and brands are coming into the space being like, oh, we want to pay you to put you as like an advisor so that if something goes wrong, we just blame you. But they don't necessarily want to listen to your advice. And that to me is what I'm starting to see more and more of. Um, and I think it's just going to be like the pendulum swinging over time. We're like, oh shit, we probably should have listened to that person. We, we were either paid or wanted to pay or whatever it is that actually knows better. Right. Uh, and I think it's just like a little bit of hubris in terms of like the brands They're like, oh, well we have this, you know, this IP that people want. So of course they're going to pay for it. And you know, it's, and you've seen it fall flat on people's faces. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's like some complexity to it all, right? Like there's a, there was a very interesting thing. Like, so for Adidas, this first project, uh, right, that you helped launch um, in, into the space, like 
they came in such a unique way. This, this, it's, it's, it's known now, but at the time, I think it was a little bit uh, opaque. This whole idea that the the NFT team there was kind of operating in, in, in the backwater, right? Like kind of behind the scenes, nobody really knew what was going on. And there's a sort of freedom there. It's like ask for uh, ask for forgiveness instead of for for uh, um, permission. And now yeah. what I'm seeing, like, and I'm, I'm sure you get a little bit of this too, is that as Web three gets on more people's radars, the company vertical like understands more about it and more people try to get involved from day one and that makes the mission so much harder because it's really hard to innovate when the entire vertical organization is there Adidas faced its own challenge in trying to integrate when the entire vertical organization wasn't there and it's taken them a year to get that all incorporated but now they're in a really really solid place they have a web3 studio team like and and they're really built to understand what they can do in the future and one of the things that i think is really important for people and industries that are coming into the space to understand is that you're not going to know anything about it until you get involved and once you get involved and you start to understand more about the space then your creativity can kick in and you can decide what to do like we've seen it with some of the other brands right uh, uh that we're advising in the space uh where they come in and they have one idea, the market doesn't like it. But then all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, we didn't know that this tech existed or this tech existed or this tech existed and we're going to use that. And it's kind of like you have to be involved in the space to see it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and what we see universally from the brands that haven't gotten into the space yet is they just view it very like, oh, well, am I supposed to bring a piece of art that is a membership token and then what do I do, right? It's like, hey, I can't tell you that. Get involved in this space and then find out because you will like you have to trust your own creativity because ultimately a lot of these brands are creatives, right? You have to trust your own creativity once you get into the space to see the tools and be like, wow, I could use this to do that. Right. right. Um, and, and I think that's really it. It's like e- even as a participant, if you're not a company, if you're just an individual trying to get into the space or invest in the space, like you won't know until you dig in what it, no one can tell you right now. Yeah. Hey, and that was you, and, you should, and to that point. That was, I think that was, that was my philosophy when I entered into the space, right? That was yours. It's just like, dude, like take some amount of capital that you're willing to burn to learn, right? It's like, this is going to be your education. And like, to, to what you said earlier, is like, at one point, you know, now there's multi-million dollar loans that are happening on chain. At one point, I was the biggest loan with $25,000, right? Like, yeah, exactly. that, like, I remember when I was coming in and I was sweeping projects and I would go like, I, I wanted to allocate like $100,000 to the NFT space. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go 5,000 in each project. And I would go and I'd sweep the floor for 5,000 bucks. People like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, don't spend all your money on one project. And I was like, no, I have my plan. This And now 5,000, you know, somebody would deploy 100,000. Like, 100,000 would, like, wouldn't even get you, like, a board ape right now, right? And so right. it's like, but at the time, it was just so different. And it's like, you're not going to learn unless, like, you you have, like, some some kind of vested interest, right? And so it's it's been really interesting. And you see that from an individual level, but then also from a brand level, right, where it's like, to your point is like, you're not going to know until you're like, well, we need this tool. And it's like, yeah, well, that tool does exist. Like, here's like the five people that are making it, right? And like, right. oh, well, yeah. we can build it for you. Yeah, right? or like the built, space right? is, is yeah. modular that way. And like the... We keep getting back to this point, but I, I think that it's it is important that like when you get involved in the space, you have to understand that it's like it's not 
like everybody's built differently and their advantages are not your advantages. You have to know what yours is. Right. So I think like some people look uh, at, like I know this from the Adidas community because you know that there's a lot of amazing community members, but there's also a lot of FUD like in any community. And I know that you specifically have gotten some like, hey, what did G-Money actually do for this uh, this project and whatnot? And I think like the, the part that people don't get is what's very specific about you that made you successful in, a, in the space. And I'll tell this story like when we were trading, one thing that you're just really amazing at is like if you believed in something, you take the bet. Right. And you take the bet really, really hard. So when you say that your like win loss rate was like 55 percent win, 45 percent loss, like I'm way more conservative. So my my win loss rate was probably like 70, 30. Right. But my wins were smaller and my losses were smaller. Right. That's just the, the, the way my model was built. But like if you believed in an idea like you're just like, fuck it, I'm putting this money into it. Right. And that made you ideally suited to capture the moment that you arrived into the NFT space, because not everyone has the balls or the wherewithal or the risk management to be able to go into a space and say, fuck, I'm going to mint like a, a shit ton of these things, right? Uh, or I'm going to put a lot of eggs in this basket because I think it'll work. Like, so like, it, there's nothing easy about that. It can feel like that because you're built that way, right? But that's not rec uh, a rep something that someone else could replicate in the space. Like that's specifically specific to you. And that's why you are who you are in the space. So yeah, I think that like part of, coming into the space is being true to yourself. And what I love about it most is that like at your docs now, your, your face is out, my face is here. But like when I first met my team, I didn't know who anyone was. I didn't know where in the country they were for. I didn't know if they were a girl, a boy, nationality. All I knew is that we vibed and everybody was good at their job, right? And it wasn't until well after I decided that we should form the company as a group, we were like, okay, let's form the company that we started to get around to be like, okay, what, where are you from? And what's your name? You know, like, like, are you a, a boy or a girl, man? Woman? Like we honestly, and that's like the great equalizer. It's like proof of work, right? right. Show me what you yep. can do. And then you'll be rewarded for doing good stuff, right? Like you'll be recognized for doing stuff, not by who you are or where you came from. That comes later. So that, I, I really love that about the space, but it is something to understand uh, when you come in is like, I, I see that in companies too. We try so many times to come in and say, well, we just saw this happen. Let's do that, right? We know that is a, a pitfall of a lot of companies. They're like, we just saw this happen. That's going to happen again. And it's going to happen again. It's the financial model. We're just going to complete, you know, whatever happens now is yeah. going to happen in perpetuity. We know that's not the case. Like the, the companies that come in and view it as an open construct and try and think about it differently about what is our unique leverage, what can we do in the space and how can we figure out like our space, uh, our, our place in the space. That's like the best conversation you can have. Right. Same thing with yourself as an individual come into the space. Like, what can you bring? You don't know fine, right. but be true to yourself. That's what it is. Right. I feel like a lot of people try to copy G money or coffee, you know, like I want to be the next G money. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be the next G money, but you, <laughs> you, what you want to be is the next you right. when you come into yeah. the space. Right. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that those are, are really, uh, wise words that, that people should definitely <laughs> listen to. I, I, but I want to, I want to take you in the interest of time. I, I do have to get going. I'm, I'm late for, for my next call, but thank you for coming on the podcast. I, next time you're on, I, I want to get into uh, the background of uh, the seafood name because I, I do think it's personally funny uh, because like it literally came from the, before the NFT space when we're all trading on the desk together. But I, I think this was really insightful because uh, I, I also know I think us talking about our backgrounds too before getting into the space, 
there's a lot of times I meet a, re- a lot of really young people that are like, oh, I want to trade in this and that. And I'm like, no, you don't. Trust me. No, you don't. Find something that uh, you want to do that's more fulfilling. It'll, you'll be much happier in the long run. And you'll actually probably have less stress in your life. So, but, uh, <laughs> but thanks, for, thanks for coming on, Seafood. Um, it was a pleasure as always. I love, I, I always love talking to you. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, G. Yeah, Enjoy awesome. it. Dude, and everybody, thanks for tuning in. Peace.